0: Chapter 18 of the Marrow of Tradition. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White. The Marrow of Tradition by Charles Waddell Chestnut. Chapter eighteen Sandy Sees His Own Haunt having finished cleaning his clothes sandy went out to the kitchen for supper after which he found himself with nothing to do mr delamere's absence relieved him from attendance at the house during the evening he might have smoked his pipe tranquilly in the kitchen until bedtime had not the cook intimated rather pointedly that she expected other company to a man of sandy's tact a word was sufficient and he resigned himself to seeking companionship elsewhere under normal circumstances sandy would have attended prayer meeting on this particular evening of the week but being still in contumacy and cherishing what he considered the just resentment of a man falsely accused he stifled the inclination which by long habit led him toward the church and set out for the house of a friend with whom it occurred to him that he might spend the evening pleasantly unfortunately his friend proved to be not at home so sandy turned his footsteps toward the lower part of the town where the streets were well lighted and on pleasant evenings quite animated on the way he met josh green whom he had known for many years though their paths did not often cross in his loneliness sandy accepted an invitation to go with josh and have a drink a single drink When Sandy was going home about eleven o'clock, three sheets in the wind, such was the potent effect of the single drink and those which had followed it, he was scared almost into soberness by a remarkable apparition. As it seemed to Sandy, he saw himself hurrying along in front of himself toward the house. Possibly the muddled condition of Sandy's intellect had so affected his judgment as to vitiate any conclusion he might draw but sandy was quite sober enough to perceive that the figure ahead of him wore his best clothes and looked exactly like him but seemed to be in something more of a hurry a discrepancy which sandy at once corrected by quickening his own pace so as to maintain as nearly as possible an equal distance between himself and his double the situation was certainly an incomprehensible one and savoured of the supernatural if that's me goin' long in front, mused Sandy in Venus perplexity, then who is this behind here? They ain't but one of me, and my haunt wouldn't leave my body till I was dead. If that's me in front, then I must be my own haunt. and whichever one of us is the haunt, the other must be dead and don't know it. I don't know what to make of no such goings-on, I don't. Maybe it ain't me after all but it certainly do look like me." When the apparition disappeared in the house by the side door, Sandy stood in the yard for several minutes, under the shade of an elm tree, before he could make up his mind to enter the house. He took courage, however, upon the reflection that perhaps, after all, it was only the bad liquor he had drunk. Bad liquor often made people see double. He entered the house it was dark except for a light in tom delamere's room sandy tapped softly at the door who's there came delamere's voice in a somewhat startled tone after a momentary silence it's me suh sandy they both spoke softly it was the rule of the house when mr delamere had retired and though he was not at home habit held its wonted sway just a moment Sandy. Sandy waited patiently in the hall until the door was opened if the room showed any signs of haste or disorder Sandy was too full of his own thoughts and other things to notice them What do you want sandy asked Tom? Mr.. Tom asked Sandy solemnly if I was in your place and you was in my place and we was both in the same place where would I be? Tom looked at Sandy keenly with a touch of apprehension. Did Sandy mean anything in particular by this enigmatical inquiry? And if so, what? But Sandy's face clearly indicated a state of mind in which consecutive thought was improbable, and after a brief glance, Delamere breathed more freely. "'I give it up, Sandy,' he responded lightly. "'That's too deep for me.' "'Excuse me, Mr. Tom.' But is you hear or see anybody, or anything, come in the house for the last ten minutes?" Why, no, Sandy, I haven't heard anyone. I came from the club an hour ago. I had forgotten my key and Sally got up and let me in, and then went back to bed. I've been sitting here reading ever since. I should have heard anyone who came in. "'Mr. Tom,' inquired Sandy anxiously, "'would you low that I'd been drinking too much?' No, Sandy, I should say you were sober enough, though of course you may have had a few drinks. Perhaps you'd like another. I've got something good here. No, sir, Mr. Tom, no, sir. No more liquor for me, sir, never. When liquor can make a man see his own haunt, it's about time for that man to quit drinking. It sure is. Good night, Mr. Tom. As Sandy turned to go, Delamere was struck by a sudden and daring thought the creature of impulse he acted upon it immediately by the way sandy he exclaimed carelessly i can pay you back that money you were good enough to lend me this afternoon i think i'll sleep better if i have the debt off my mind and i shouldn't wonder if you would i don't mind having it in gold do you no indeed sir replied sandy i ain't seen no gold for so long dat decided it'd be good for my eyes Tom counted out ten five-dollar gold pieces upon the table at his elbow. "'And here's another, Sandy,' he said, adding an eleventh, "as interest for the use of it. "'Thank you, Mr. Tom. "'I didn't spec no interest, "'but I don't never fuse gold when I can get it.' "'And here,' added Delamere, reaching carelessly into a bureau drawer, "'is a little old silk purse that I've had since I was a boy. "'I'll put the gold in it, Sandy,' it will hold it very nicely thank you mr tom you're a gentleman sir and worthy of the family name good night sir and i hope your dreams will be pleasant mine if it wasn't for this gold kind of taking my mind off in that haunt don't suppose i'd be able to do much sleep tonight. night good night sir good night sandy whether or not delamere slept soundly or was troubled by dreams pleasant or unpleasant It is nevertheless true that he locked his door, and sat up an hour later, looking through the drawers of his bureau, and burning several articles in the little iron stove which constituted part of the bedroom furniture. It is also true that he rose very early, before the household was stirring. The cook slept in a room off the kitchen, which was in an outhouse in the back yard. She was just stretching herself, preparatory to getting up, when Tom came to her window and said that he was going off fishing, to be gone all day, and that he would not wait for breakfast. End of chapter eighteen. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista.